find out if you're ready for love. Here's your marvelous host, Nikki Lee. Hello, and welcome to Ready for Love Radio. This is your host and love coach, Nikki Lee. You know, I think sometimes we may get to the point where we get used to our lives, we get used to how things are going, you know, we all have our own perspective about our lives and and how things are going, and, and sometimes we may not realize that we could improve our situation, improve our our lives, and, you know, even even improve our perspective on our lives, our, you know, our, our jobs, um, our families, pretty much everything. And I think my guest today is going to be able to help us do that. What do you think, Dave? You think that's something we might could help the listeners with today? Well, I would, I would hope so because if, I don't want to say that's what my life's been about, but that's where I've landed. And I think you hit on it at the beginning. It's, it's really changing the perspective. And, I, and one of the big changes is when you go from the victim, which is something you talked about, like, oh, my God, you know, this, my life's a mess. I'm a mess. I'm no damn good. To going to a place where you at least begin to realize I can change that. And I can sure. change that by changing my perspectives and how I look at life. Yeah, and I think, I think a lot of times we don't realize it's, it is – our perspective, you know, and and sometimes if you just kind of reframe how you think about things or just kind of, and it doesn't take a big change sometimes, sometimes it's just a little change in how we think of things and look at things makes a world of difference. And uh, I think we're going to help them with that. So I'd like to to let y'all know this, this is Dave Gold. And he brings the full power and wisdom of 45 years as a businessman, a trial lawyer, an executive consultant, a spiritual mentor to liberate world-changing executives and entrepreneurs from the shackles of self-doubt and self-disqualification. Now, if, if world-changing I mean, if, if executives and entrepreneurs have self-doubt and disqualification mentalities, you know, other people probably do too, don't you think? <laughs> I, I would say part of why they're seeming success is because they've been driven by the self-doubt and the self-negation. And I, I need to change that kind of that intro because I'm working with a lot more than, than those people right now. But you... You know, it's it's funny, and just to answer, yes, everyone does, and it's because the success that they hoped would free them from self-doubt and from their sense of not being good enough and not being the person they want to be and doing things wrong, they're hoping that the validation of success and the fruits of success will take that away from them. It'll no longer, and it, and it doesn't. It doesn't because it doesn't get. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Because well, you know, it, it's funny. It's it's. Kind of like, you know, okay, like everyday people, you know, and, and, you know, 97% of the population kind of has this mistaken idea that, you know, the people who have, quote unquote, you know, succeeded or have huge bank accounts um, have like this this glorified lifestyle and and don't have doubts and don't have all these, these problems. They've got the same problems all of us do. They just have bigger bank accounts, you know. Yeah. And you know, like and, 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 yes. Yeah. You know, so it's it's like if if these people have self doubts and this kind of thing, it makes sense. Everybody else does too, you know. So yeah. if they need help with that, then it makes sense that everybody else does too. So. So what do we all do to get rid of those, and what do we need to do to fix this problem? So I, okay. I, I, well, I think this is something that everybody kind of needs, most everybody needs help with. What do you think? Every, every, no, and, and believe me, I, I just turned 70. I am more free of, of self-doubt and self-loathing and wishing I was somebody other than I am than I've ever <laughs> been, and, it's, and at the same time, it's infinite. 
our capacity to be free is just infinite. So first of all, going back to what you were saying, I, most, so many people think they're going to success their way out of suffering. That's, yeah. that's, that's, their, that's, their, that's what their MO is. I'm going to success my way out of suffering. And it doesn't work. And I can tell it doesn't work. And I've been very successful. I mean, I've made millions. I've lost millions. I've worked with all kinds of people. And like you say, the problems are all the same. And often what it is is they're actually more, more down on themselves because their success hasn't brought them the peace of mind that they thought that it might. Right. So you, want, you, you think you're going to... Well, they worked so hard yeah. to get them success. And it's like, okay, I got here. Now what? You know, because it, it yeah. doesn't bring them what they thought it would have. You know, imagine no, working that hard and you get there and it's like, huh. <laughs> you know, that would have to be discouraging. And you're like, okay, what did I do wrong? You see all you know, the things I, that you see with people. Yeah, go I, ahead. I love I love the quote on your on your website. This says, "Find success that feeds your soul, not kills it." I love that. Yeah, I like it too. I wrote it my even if I wrote it myself, I still think it's a great <laughs> line <laughs> because because there is a success that comes with that, but the success comes from a point of fullness and not from a point of lack. And I I think that's one of the that's one of the major one of the major dichotomies or differences you can take. Because if you're trying to fill a hole, if you're, if you're starting from a point that I'm no good and I need this to be whole and until I have this, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to be whole, then it's never going to fill. Because we, right. you end up where you, you start, you end up where you, and end up from where you started. So if I'm starting from lack, if I'm starting from self-doubt, if I'm starting from all these other places, then nothing's going to fill that up. So, right. so that, and so, and the other kind of the flip side of, of people that are trying to, success their way out of suffering is you can't suffer your way to success either. So, and this is the, this is the mistake that so many people make is they think, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to pay my dues. I'm going to, I'm going to the ends of justified me. I will sacrifice my family life. I'll sacrifice my health. I'll sacrifice my values and my morals and my free time and my ability to enjoy life because I want to be able to, you know, have a payoff. And it doesn't work. You, again, you, you end up where you started. If you start from suffering, you're going to end from suffering. So the first thing that I would suggest to people is that, one, just recognize that nothing more needs to happen for you to call it happiness, peace of mind, comfort in your own skin. We all think there's certain conditions that need to happen before that happens. All of us. I mean, you know, there's no crime in this. We all feel this way. Oh, when I get rid of this habit. Oh, when I get this woman, you know, or I get this, this, this spouse. So when I get this and I get that. And it's, it's always pushing it away. You never get it. That thing that will not do it because, again, you're coming from a position of lack. So, is right. it, so what does it mean for us to start from a position of fullness? What does it mean to start from a position? It doesn't mean your life's perfect. It doesn't mean there's things that couldn't improve. It doesn't mean you could have another zero on your bank account or your kids could you know, not drive you as nuts or whatever it is that you want, you know, you think need to happen. But what does it mean for us to be able to sit with where we are, with who we are, and be comfortable in our own skin? Now, that seems impossible. But I'm telling you, it's never more possible than it is in this moment. Right. And, and that's radical. That takes time out of the picture. That takes, you know, deserving out of the picture. That takes achievement out of the picture. But, but I, I just realized, I've recognized, and, you know, in my, my journey, we can talk about it later, but through my journey, I just, I realized, man, my life's getting better and better and better. But it's, it's good and it's just getting better. It's good and it's getting better. And nothing more needs to happen no part of me has to be gotten rid of. Nothing, you know, none, no, there's no impediment. We all, any impediment that you're putting between you and happiness is, is going to make sure you never get it. Interesting. You know what I was just thinking about? If, if, you, keep, if, if you have a mentality that I'll be happy when this happens, I'll be happy when that happens, I'll be happy when I get this i'll be happy when i get that that's that's basically and i i've never heard this before somebody may have said it before but that's basically conditional happiness you're you're making your happiness conditional on something else that's right that's right and you're hoping that, that, that the you know it's funny I, I had an experience i mentioned i i i had many many years in, in spiritual pursuits and i Ended up moving on to a farm with a, when I was practicing law with a, it was a Zen teacher. 
And I went off by myself and I sat alone in a tent. And I was sat in that tent and I, there was nothing to do. There was no, you know, and I was deprived of all the things that I think I needed to do to make me happy. And I realized that until I could be happy by myself in that tent with no distractions, you know, nothing else that I needed to do to make me happy, that I, all I, I would be spending my whole life outside of myself, hoping that I would do something that would bring me internal happiness. And I would be, so really, I'm like, like three steps away from myself. I'm rearranging the furniture outside, hoping it makes me feel good on the inside. Right. And I was I'm very fortunate. It doesn't mean, you know, I've, I've been a successful attorney. I've been a successful businessman. I've, you know, I've done a lot of successful things that, that brought me action. But they didn't, they just added to an innate sense of fullness. It didn't change, it didn't fundamentally change who I was in my experience of life. That's it. Well, it's amazing how things change when you can just be happy with yourself. You, you don't need a distraction. You don't need, like, video games or your phone or your tablet or 15 other people around you to keep you entertained. But you can just be happy with yourself. And, 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 and this thing, yeah, this seems impossible. It doesn't mean, look, I'm, I'm a restless guy. I'm a high-energy guy, okay? Right, so right. it doesn't mean that I don't, I don't need, you know, that I, you, you lock me in a room for a while, I'll, I'll start to go nuts. That's okay. So there's a difference between being restless. There's a difference between enjoying things. There's a difference, you know, that, that's just part of being human. Right. But the idea that somehow I, can't, I am not good, I'm not good company for myself. Right. And that's, and I think about it, that's what we think. We think I am not fit company for myself. Right. And as long as you're that way, and you think what it's like being with someone that you don't want to be with, how unpleasant that is. Imagine if that's you. Yes. If you're the yes. person that, you know, you're the roommate with, you know, that doesn't <laughs> pick up his <laughs> underwear. Right. Whatever it is, you're that person. And that's what we live with. And, right. And it doesn't have to, it just doesn't have to be that way. That's it. Well, it's it's when you feel like you're you're the odd couple and you're both of them, you know. So, yeah. Well said. Well said. <laughs> For some reason, they just popped in my head. <laughs> so, oh, that's terrible. So then, it, so it, then, all you know, I I can anticipate all the things that people are thinking. Oh yeah, but they don't know, you know. They don't know that I did this, or they don't see that I have yet to do that, or they don't know that I have this problem or that problem. And everybody thinks they're a special case right. why they can't be comfortable in their own skin. And if everybody feels that it's wrong, I mean, if everybody thinks that it's wrong <laughs> because yeah. we're all the exception. We all think we're the exception. And so it's interesting to start thinking, what is it that I'm, I'm using to disqualify myself? What is it that I'm pointing to? You know, when, when the love of my dreams, beyond my dreams, descended in my life eight years ago, I couldn't accept I couldn't accept it because I couldn't believe this beautiful woman of integrity and depth and everything that I valued, you know, 15 years younger than me, could look at who I was and love me. And I kept looking for the loophole. You know, what, what's the matter with her? You know, is she insane? You know, is, is she blind? Right? And so then so I had to come to grips with the fact that my image of myself didn't match up with what was actually happening in my life. Yeah. And that was traumatic. I, I had to make a choice between hanging on to my suffering and hanging on to my sense that my life was a tragedy and accepting the great good fortune that comes with us. And I can guarantee you that every one of our listeners has faced that same situation. And we're scared to death of success. We're scared to death of love. We're scared to death of all of these things. And part of the reason is because we feel we don't deserve it because there's always something we can point to ourselves that, that proves, you know, proves in air quotes. Right. were imperfect. And son of a gun, we're human. We yeah. came here to be human. We didn't come here to be <laughs> God. We came here to be human. So naturally, I, you know, I used to kid, I leave the toilet seat up. Okay, so shoot me. You know, Gosh. it's not like until I learn to put the toilet seat down, I'll never have love. Tell you, well, yeah, I, tell you, I tell you, my biggest stumbling block, and it took me the longest time to figure this out, and it, it actually happened, and I use this a lot because I want people to get this through their heads. And it, it happened in my, in my um, coaching training, and the biggest 
and this, I mean, this was like a bolt of lightning for me. The biggest aha moment I, I had was I was studying through the part of my training was called loving, I mean, um, coaching the love coach. Okay. And the biggest moment it, it jumped off the page at me and it was like, it hit me upside the head and it, it said that not to judge my clients. Okay, because you know how important that is when you're working with a client. You can't judge your clients. No matter what they tell you, you can't judge them, right? And and it finally, it hit me. I can't judge my clients, so I can't judge me. I, I, wow. need, I need to give myself the same benefit and not judge myself. So brilliant. And in fact, we can only be as judgment-free with others as we are with ourselves. Exactly. It's, it's just exactly. simple. It's the same, you know, I do a parenting podcast, and it's like we can't love our children more than we love ourselves. Yeah. We can't ask our children to be freer than we are ourselves. But that was so profound, what you realized, that, and that you, oh, I'm not judgmental, I'm not, but, but constantly we're saying, oh, look how I screwed this up, look how I screwed that, oh, I'm no damn good. Yeah. So, you, we, and, and what you do, and it's why these people that are listening to you, and those that have and will listen to you and have the benefit of your presence are so lucky because that way you can create a space of love for them. Yeah. A space of love and acceptance where they can start loving and accepting themselves. And that's the greatest gift that real coaches like you, and I would put myself in that category, that we, we give to people. And it doesn't mean that we're not, we're not discerning. You know, if I, I have, you have this thing about the people. We, we know them. You and I, we know human nature. But we're so, we're so loving of our own nature that we can love their nature, too, no matter how it shows up. Right. At the same time, they bring out the best version of themselves or the version of themselves that, that they most want to be and experience. Well, that doesn't mean that, that we don't give advice and say, you know, this, this is something that is unhealthy and you, and you need to change. But that's not judgmental. That's, this is, you know... There are things that we do that are healthy and things that are unhealthy and they need to change, you know. And, I mean, you could make a decision which way you're going to go with this. But this, this is advice, this is perspective, and this, is, this would be a better course of action, that kind of thing. But, um, but yeah, that, that, was, that was the biggest, most beneficial day of all of my training. You know, when I said, you know, I, I've got to stop being judgmental of myself. And I tell you what, with my upbringing, that was hard. Oh, my goodness, that was hard. <laughs> so, my God. Yeah, you were raised by perfectionists, and you never, you can never be good, up, good enough for it. Well, very, sure um, every... very demanding, very religious, very uptight perfectionist. <laughs> so... very, judge, very judgmental. Oh, yeah. Still are. <laughs> so. Right. And you realize that was, the, in a way, that's the gift they've given to you. Because you decided you were not going to pass that lineage on to anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then and I, I think I, it's I, a really important thing. Okay, <laughs> so. Yeah. And the thing, and then, and also what it does is no one, people can come to you and say, you don't understand how hard I had it. You don't know what kind of perfectionist my dad was or, you know, what kind of doormat my mother, whatever the heck it is. Because, yes, you do. You've done it. And when you do it, you oh, can yeah. speak from it. And you know, it's interesting. I, I was with a client yesterday, Monday, Saturday, and just a beautiful human being and, you know, a great life and a great person, great husband, great kids, great everything, and, and really enjoys her life, except she's, she's struggling with the demands of, you know, having a perfectionist father. And I said, so we internalize that voice, right? We have the voice that we had from from them saying you're no damn good and then we just take it on ourselves because we think that's going to be our love language. If we just keep beating ourselves up the way our parents beat us up, that's love. You know, it's madness, but it's what we all do. And so you have that and, and I said, do you think you still need to be hard on yourself? And first she said, yes. And I said, well, let's go through all the things you think you would be or would happen to you if you weren't hard on yourself. You know, we went through every one of them. There was nothing. She didn't have to worry that she was going to be lazy, she was going to be unfaithful, she was going to be a bad mother, a bad employee, a bad friend. When she really went through all the reasons that she thought she needed to have this harsh voice in her head, she realized she didn't need it. 
Right. And this is true for all of us. We're afraid that we're going to just become a, if I may, you know, <laughs> become a puddle of piss if we stop beating ourselves up, if we stop exactly. being hard on ourselves, if we stop judging ourselves. And we get to a point, and I know, you know, I could speak from us, sure, where I just know I don't want to do, I don't, am I going to make mistakes? Yeah, am I going to hurt? You know, whatever. People, what people might look for mistakes, sure. But I know my heart's good. I know my heart's good. I know I want what's best for people. That's and so it. if, and I don't, so that I don't need to have this voice constantly, oh my God, you shouldn't have said that. Oh, you did this. Why didn't you, you know, whatever. Because I just know I'm going to act out of love. And, and the good will come out of that. And if it's not the perfect form that my perfectionist voice thinks I should have, that's my perfectionist voice's problem. That's not my problem. That's right. Yeah, it's um. But what, Nikki? Let me ask you. What do you What do you think is the most liberating? What's the most liberating advice or perspective or whatever that you can give people who find themselves just really drowning in judgment and self doubt and self negation? Um, to turn off that voice in their head that's judging them, and to block out others that are judging them. Like I said, it did wonders for me. And, and I think that's really the last thing you said about where is, is whose, whose voices are you letting in your head? Yes. I mean, you can't necessarily shut the voice. I still have voices in my head second guessing yes. and criticizing. But you know what? And it's, that's like a mosquito. Yeah, you know, I, it's a, and, so, and sometimes I'll even catch it and I'll find myself, okay, so I spent three minutes following that voice and I'm no damn good. So what? Right, right. I know it's not true. So one, it's yeah. like you don't have to wait till those voices stop in your head. If you do, you'll probably wait forever because they're so deeply ingrained. Some of them are generational. You know, some of them right. are like, hey, this, this, is, this is generations of people who felt this way that have been passed down to me. But the other is just being, I'm so selective about the people that I let that I let into my life and you know and that's just I don't have to be because I have so many people in my life and they come from love but when I still needed to be, you know now the people that are that don't that won't don't want to do me good or do world good they generally don't stick around or they're not attracted and the ones that are they come but I for a while when I need to be more discerning I just don't want people in my in my world that are just that are that are negative yeah and I found that well, I don't need them I don't, yeah, go ahead. Well, and, and the thing is, I, I went through a major, major health crisis, and it was a very good screening opportunity to find out who who is going to be there for me and who is actually there to support me and who's not. I mean, when you, when you go through a situation and... I mean, my, my father was standing there beside me when the doctor said, if you don't have this surgery, you'll be dead by tomorrow morning. And he went home and went to bed. I mean, that, that told me all I need to know. You know. Yeah, that's got to leave a mark. That leaves a mark, as we say. That's going to leave does. a mark. It does. And, you know, so, I mean, the people, the people that showed up for me and the people that did not show up for me, you know, and I, I've been through two more surgeries just like that actually more extreme than that one was. Um, so, I mean, I, I now know very clearly what people I can count on and what people I cannot and which ones um, that will step up when there's an emergency and there's a crisis. And, well, and, and I, I went through cancer also. I mean, all of this in the last, like, seven years. And so, I mean, I, I have definitely screened the people that are around me and I have eliminated a number of people and it's to the point where I, I know whose opinion matters to me, whose does not. And when I want opinions and I want feedback, I know who I'm going to go to, you know, so I, I, I don't wish those trials on anyone, even people I dislike, because I know what they were to go through. Um, there, there are 
much smaller situations that can go on in your life they can give you the opportunity to screen people and to see who you can count on and who you can't who's going to support you who's going to have your back when you need them and to be able to know who you can count on you know who who really does care for you and will be there um and and who when they come to you and, and say hey you you might want to think about something or you might want to consider another perspective or whatever you know who to who to listen to and or who to at least consider what they have to say you know I'm not saying you have to follow it but you know ev everybody comes at a situation from a different perspective a different life experience at least you know you might want to at least listen to what they have to say and then you know you use your own experience and your own you know whatever and and see if it is useful information and and I think there's a there's a kind of a split that I've seen or a dichotomy that's working very well for me it has and I I realized that you know it actually it's funny it came when when Julie parachuted into my life years ago and I was very circumspect about about the people that I was told I just didn't want I mean one because I'm you know, I'm, I tend to be exaggerating and, you know, impressionable, and I don't want people to think, oh, well, he's just, you know, this is the latest love affair. And so I was really, really careful. And my broker, who I, I had, I started my law practice at the same time he started his brokerage practice, and then it was like 40 years later we'd been together. He was a spiritual brother from bygone days. And I, you know, finally he asked me what was going on, and I thought, well, I could either lie or just tell him, I told him, I said, I found the woman in my dreams, and he said, it won't last. <laughs> and that man's out of my life. Not because I'm go. punishing him. I'm not punishing him. I just don't want that energy into my life. Right. And when, and when you start, and so now I ask myself, am I coming from fear? Am I coming from love? I look at the It doesn't mean, you know, if you show any fear, I don't want you in my life. It means that that's your prevailing energy. And if you want me to join you in your fearfulness, fearfulness, because, you know, as they say, misery loves company, and you want me to validate that life's a terrible place, the world's a terrible place, and life's a terrible experience, and you can't catch a break, which is what most people want from their relationships. Right. I'm not going to play. I'm not going to be a part of it. And, you know, there's one other thing I was just thinking when we were talking, that, if, you know, you have situations like you're, you know, and I, and I you had the courage to, pick a hard life so you could love, love deeply. And I, I, that's the true heroine's journey that you've been on. And it don't have to be on the, it doesn't always have to be heroic because all kinds of people are just going to stumble into your life and you're going to stumble into their life. Mm -hmm. And then what's that, you know, and then what, what effect are you going to have on the other? You can get such phenomenal wisdom off, off of the weirdest people. Right. You, know? you can. And they don't all, <laughs> and you know, I had something happen yesterday. I haven't, I haven't told anybody about it. I'm going to have to write something about it. But we were, my wife was taking her car in last night. We had to drop it off to, uh, so it could be taken first thing in the morning so she could take the car and get off on, the, on some business stuff. And she's, uh, and she's parked in front of the, the auto place, and she's filling out one of the forms so she come in the lockbox. And it's a sketchy. It's sketchy. I mean, we're looking over. It's right next to Salvation Arm. I mean, I... A goodwill place, and there's someone stealing. There's a couple of guys stealing clothes out of the bin, and these people wandering around. And sitting in front of the car place is a guy who's obviously homeless. He's got a bicycle and you know backpack and blah 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 blah. And I just went over and started talking to him. And he was homeless. He'd just gotten out of prison. You know, he did so many years for this and so many years for that. And but I spoke with him. I just treated him with such respect. And I said, I said you, know, you know, you don't have a bad vibe. I'm not scared of you. And, and the more he talked, he said, I have money in my pocket. I'm not a typical homeless guy. He reached in his pocket. He pulled out a bunch of ones. And, you know, where do you, where do you sleep? Oh, I sleep. I stay here on the bench till 3.30. And then there's someone who lets me. They have a Mexican restaurant. I can sleep in, you know, under the patio there. And, and, and we just talked, you know, it was nothing. I was just waiting for my wife to... And they're filling out the damn forms. But when, <laughs> when, I was, when I left, you know, he, he told me that he says, I write songs sometimes, too. I write songs. And as I drove off, he was singing. <laughs> he was singing one of his songs. And it was just like, wow, what a beautiful interlude. 
Yeah. And I could have, and this is again how you look at life. I could have looked at life like, oh, God, you know, my wife's parking her car, there's a homeless guy, there's all these sketchy people here. And, and no, I didn't, I wasn't trying to do anything. I wasn't trying to get anything. I didn't care. I didn't even tell my wife about it. I mean, I told a little bit about it, but I didn't brag about it. It was just, hey, there's another human being in my life, and I'm in his life for, for two minutes. And I don't have to, have, you know, it's not like I got to have a profound effect on everyone, but I just wanted to meet him with love instead of meeting him. And boy, your life gets so magical when that happens. And you know that, Nikki? Everything changes. Yeah, well, well there's, there's some people that, that I've just kind of run across on Facebook, you know, and I've just kind of said hi to them because they, they've popped up or they've commented on something I've, I've posted or a friend has posted, you know, and we've become good friends. You know, and out of uh-huh. met some of them in person, some of them I haven't. You know, and and like I said, it's just because like maybe we commented on the same same thread or something, you know, and we hit it off, or or we ended up on the same projects for something, you know, and it just just because of something that was said or whatever that that you just kind of got curious, and you're like, hey, you know. And it, it, you know, I don't know. It just, and that's 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 like what you're saying. You know, you you could just kind of have have a fear of of other people or or a person that maybe is is different from you, or just prejudging people or or whatever, and and you miss out on so much, you know, but. I don't know. It just it just works to not live that way. You got to be yeah, cautious, but yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, I mean, no, there's there's no question about it. I that there, <laughs> I, I would have felt very different if my if Julie would have been there by herself. You know, I, right. I wouldn't I wouldn't want her to be open to every person, every homeless person sitting around. Or the, right, know. right. So there's a certain amount of discernment, but it the the most critical factor that I found that it keeps proving itself and reproving itself in every aspect of my life. My life continues to get better. And better, I don't mean, I don't want to say like it wasn't bad. I mean, it just, it's just, I can say it just gets better. It's more enjoyable. Yes. It gets more fulfilled. It gets more exciting and more unexpected and more magical. Yeah. It's, it's, how, much, it's how much you trust life. And if you don't trust you life, know. if you don't trust, you'll live in fear. And if you yeah. trust, you're able to live in love. And it's well, and that you, is you go ahead. Well, I tell you I tell you something that I have found that makes life more pleasurable and it's super, super simple and every single person can do it. Now now during the whole COVID thing when we had to wear a mask it was a little different difficult, but otherwise we can do it. Is when you're out and you're doing things, just smile at people that you come across. Mm-hmm. And that will That's immediately people, other people that have the same mentality will at least smile back and they might say hello. And even if not, you've at least brightened the other person's day. And, and you've shifted your own perspective on your own as well. You yes, can only you keep have. A, a smile on your face legitimately for so long. And there is something yeah. very, very um, transformative that happens with just bringing that positive part of yourself. And, you know, people are listening, to think, and I'm sure they think, again, you know, they, they don't have my problems. They don't know when I'm up. It's easy for them to say because da-da-da-da-da. And there's, as I said, there's never a shortage of reasons to disqualify yourself. But, right. but what I found is, and, and I've dealt with some really, well, I haven't, I don't, not, in, not since I've been doing, you know, mentoring kind of exclusively, but back when I was practicing law and business and just in life, I met some people that weren't, that were really, didn't have many redeeming qualities. But for the most part, Everybody, almost everybody loves something. Yeah. Almost everybody loves someone. And, and if you love someone, you know you have the capacity to love. You know what it feels like to love. You know the right. effect that that love has on how you look at things and how you, what, you're, what you're able to do and the different perspective you have towards that which you love and that which you don't, don't have that, don't experience that love. So one, one area that I just encourage people is just to, to zero in on just what that, where does the love live in your body? What does it feel like? You know, energetically, what is it like? What does it sound like? What does it feel like? What is it? And then you can start looking into yourself when you're acting from love and when you're acting from fear. 
Right. And it, it was interesting because it was a, a client I was, we were talking and, and um, one, she's a pleaser. You know, she wants to make everybody happy and because she doesn't, you know, never feels she's going to be loved enough, whatever the reasons are. And also, she generally likes to make people happy. Yeah. So it's the way she's like, well, what do I do? I don't want to just run around like a trained dog, you know, puppy dog all the time and, and perform <laughs> for people to make them smile. And at the same time, I really take great joy out of And I say, okay, close your eyes. What does it feel like when you're performing like a, like a trained seal and you're r- running around trying to get approval? And then, okay, it feels like this in this part of my body. And what does it feel like when you gave this gift to your husband, this unexpected gift? And you can start really just rather than getting stuck in our heads all the time and trying to sort this out, you can literally feel in your body and how you feel it in your body in terms of when you're coming from fear and when you're coming from love. Right. And that is, um, and for me, it's second nature for so much of what I do right now. I just can, doesn't, it doesn't feel right and I don't do it. That's it. Well, I mean, and, and I know when, when I was going through cancer treatment and, and I was going through the other stuff in the hospital, it, there were days it was extremely difficult, but I would make an effort to smile when I went in because it would, it would help my mentality and help my attitude. And, you know, when, when you're sick <laughs> and you're trying to deal with stuff, your attitude yeah. really does help. I mean, obviously yeah. that's not all of it, but it does help. And the thing is, it was helping the other people there too. And I knew it was. Yeah. And the thing is, it we we could help each other. And I knew we could. You know, and I needed to do everything I could to help myself. So mm-hmm. I knew, okay, if I do this and I'm with I'm with the other people and it's gonna help me and it's gonna help them, that's good, you know. You know, so it was just like I said, it was and it, it was as much for me as it was for anybody. Yeah, but it was. like and I said, it's a, it's a healing. But I think what yeah. you said is so critical because, and I'm just thinking of. In fact, I'm I'm just looking at I'm in my backyard. I'm looking at where I was having this conversation. I remember I went out in the neighborhood and without Wi-Fi, you know, people yeah. are all out of work and dead. Just in terms of spending the businesses and everything else, and and I was trying to get a date, a time when they were fixing it, and I got run around and run around and run around, and they would set a time to get someone to come. Oh, they, they were going to send someone out to fix the Wi-Fi. And I kept getting run around, and finally I was able to track someone down and who had a date, and he said, we can't get out there until next Tuesday. And I just said, boy, you're like the doctor to everybody that got cancer. I said, this has got to be a terrible job for you, because by the time people get to you, all you have is bad news. Yeah. And that person was so appreciative. And instead of someone yelling at them, someone just said, oh, man, it's got to be hard. And it didn't cost me anything. And just yeah. like you in the hospital, you know, they're dealing yeah. with cranky, sick people all the time. And the fact that you can say, man, it's got to be hell dealing with cranky, sick people all the time. And it's, it's a shift. You know, you say that you think, oh, it's a good, it's not like you do a good deed and God, you know, God rewards you. Well, I don't, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. It's not the point. The point is, it's just that the love that I feel in that moment for that human being is so self-healing. Right. It's so therapeutic, and it attracts so many different things. And, you know, one thing I'll say, I know we're getting close to the end of our time here, but look, you know, I'm, I, I've been a trial lawyer. I'm a business person. I help people build companies. I've got to make decisions. I'm not living in some ivory tower. Right. You know, I'm, what I'm saying, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm building a business myself. I've got to make rational informed decisions every day about everything. So the fact that you carry a, a position of love and trust and expectation of good and seeing opportunity everywhere doesn't mean that you're going to, people are going to take advantage of you and, and you're going to be stupid. It just means that things are going to be able to land in a way and you're going to be able to make decisions out of love and out of brilliance. You have your love and you have your brilliance all at the same time. So I just want people to know if you're thinking what I'm saying is just is not realistic. I'm, I, I can say it's realistic because it, it works for me and it works for others, and it's realistic because I'm able to live a functional life in the real world with all the things that come with real world stuff. Um, and and that's why it's like you, Nick. You, we model it for people just by being ourselves. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and and honestly, think about it. If you're out in public. Or, or if, if you're in a room full of people, 
which people, if, okay, if you're in a room full of, say you're in a room of 10 people, okay, and eight of them look grumpy, and 10 of them are smiling and look happy, which ones are you more likely to approach? Mm-hmm. And which ones do you want to do business with? Exactly. <laughs> you know, there's a very it, practical it, part of this too. <laughs> it's it's human nature to gravitate toward the ones that look happy. It's just that's how we are. Unless you're a person that's always negative and down and grumpy, and then you're probably going to gravitate toward the ones that are just like you. Now, the warning, let me let me put a warning out there. If you're a grumpy, grouchy person, other grumpy, grouchy people are going to gravitate toward you, which means you're probably going to be surrounded by grumpy, grouchy people. So right. if you want to turn that around, the best way to do that is to smile and be happier. What do you think? Sound like a plan? Oh, oh it, it, it's just very natural. It, and you will attract the right people in your life. You'll avoid the people that don't belong in your life. And you're just going to get surprises in all kinds of different ways. And those surprises don't have to be, they're not always gift wrapped. Yeah. Sometimes it's, they're, 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 they come in ways that are very, I mean, I, I have a very big challenge, a, very, a large parenting challenge right now that I'm dealing with it that would have brought me to my knees years ago. And I, I don't want it, but it's here, and I see the blessing in it. I see that, I see that my capacity to surrender, this is, this is just deep in my capacity for surrender in a way, and that's just doing me, doing me help in, you know, doing me in so many ways. So the fact that things in our life aren't going, to, we use those as disqualifications. Oh, hey, Dave and Nikki said that I wouldn't have, you know, my kid wouldn't have done this. Or I wouldn't have lost money on the stock market, or I wouldn't have, you know, gotten rear-ended or whatever. No. That's life. That's yeah, whatever you're doing to disqualify yourself, whatever you're doing to disqualify yourself is nonsense. You're just tormenting yourself. And so I just want people to know there's a, there's a different way, and, as you do. And, and it really begins with the stop, when, we, when we stop disqualifying ourselves. And we just start to see who we are and, and accept our humanity as we are, bring as much love as we can to the table in every given moment. And my life is in the midst of everything else. So I'm, I really appreciate you giving me this chance to talk, Nikki, and get a chance to know you and meet a fellow, a fellow lover of life and lover of people. So thank you for all of this. Hey, you, you had an interesting, in, in your notes that, that I was looking over, you used yeah. a word that I hadn't, I hadn't used, I hadn't heard before. This, this yeah. is kind of interesting, and I think this fits in with our, our conversation we've been having. It was mm-hmm. called self-negation. I'd never heard yeah. that before. Do you want to you tell us what that is? This yeah, is something I will. we don't want to do. That's why I want to talk about this. Yeah, and it's it's not it's the term I heard someone else. I can't you know I have to footnote it. Um, but self-negation is when you you find reasons to cancel yourself out. You find reasons to disqualify yourself. You find reasons to to think you're not doing well. To basically cancel. I would say it's more like a cancel. I don't want to say cancel in the sense you know being counter you know canceled in that kind of social media way. But I mean cancel like deleting yourself negating yourself, um, just taking the charge out of the life that you, you know, the energy and the charge that you're bringing by just saying, no, I'm, I'm no good. And, and it's a way of, of taking yourself out of the picture, taking yourself out of life by qualifying, qualifying yourself or defining yourself as someone who is negative rather than having a negative rather than a positive effect. And we do it to ourselves. I was thinking too. Let me let me run something past you and tell me if if this sounds like it too. Okay. Like when you're, like when you have friends or relatives or whatever, and you you have something that's important to you, and they kind of belittle it. 
Like, like yeah. <laughs> when I was growing up, I always wanted to be a writer. And my family's mm-hmm. like, oh, no, 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 you can't do that. You, no, that's, that's not something you should do. And so I, I just kind of said, okay, well, never mind. I, that's not right. something to do. And so I just, right. I just completely ignored it for years and years and years and, and just decided I couldn't do it. Um, so I was being self-negating about that and right. just put that desire right. completely out of my mind. Right. right. And the important point is with people, people negate us and then we start doing it to ourselves. Right, right, okay. So, and so what we want to do is we don't, you know, one, we don't want to hang around with those people, but we, eventually we, we internalize that negation because generally that's been the language of love that we have from, you know, often our parents. And I'm not, I, my parents are phenomenal, phenomenal people. I love them dearly, and my, my love for them has only increased, you know, since they've transitioned. And at the same time, I know that our love language is screwed up. So if you have a parent that, that is always riding you and trying to get you to, to be better, then we, we start doing it ourselves because when, when, when our parent was taking that attitude with us, we experienced love. That was the way, that was our connection. Right. And so then we do it with ourselves. And that's, that's the crime. Cause, and then, but the good news is then we're the only, we can do it ourselves. We don't have to wait for someone else to pat us on the head. We don't need the accolades. We don't need the extra three or four zeros in our bank accounts before we start negating ourselves. And we don't need evidence. We'll get evidence as we stop negating ourselves. More positive things will happen and we'll see clearer who the beauty that we are. But the real power is we can, and I, and I, I mean it's so different. And, and I felt so lucky. I was talking to a client and the client said, you know, I don't know what it would look like for me not to negate my, I don't know what it even look like because I don't have any models. I said, well, it sounds immodest, but you got one standing in front of you. Right. And so well, that's what we can do. We, yeah. Well, that kind of thing becomes our normal, you know, and, and right. so we, we don't, uh, that I, I had very much that kind of thing as my normal, you know, deciding that, that the things that I thought I wanted were things that, no, you can't do that, or no, you shouldn't do that, mm-hmm. or no, that's wrong, or no, that's not okay. You know, and so all of these things that I felt were important to me, I was being told were not okay. You know, that mm-hmm. that's not something that you should do. You know, and so it, it took the longest time for me to get all that out of my head that it is okay to do this, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it, it takes time for all that. I actually just finished... Yeah. Um, uh, ghostwriting and collaborating on a book with somebody called Am I Normal If? And, and we talk about that kind of thing a lot in that book, that, you know, a lot of the stuff that we, we learned and, and that got ingrained in us when we were growing up, those were our parents' thoughts and values and, and their normal. But as we grow up, it, it gets to the point where that's, that's not our normal and what serves mm-hmm. us and how do, how do we make that leap from their normal to our normal and, and not necessarily what's normal, but what's natural for us, you know, that's and helps right. us to learn how to get from point A to point B. So, Well, that, that, um, that's another podcast episode, but you're, it's definitely on the right track. And, oh, yeah. And there's ways that, that I, honor, I honor my parents, really honor them in terms of, of the values that they've instilled upon me and even some of their craziness and stuff. <laughs> At the same time, I'm, I'm, I'm my, I am, I can, Nikki, I love being myself. I love well, being and, who and I am. Can. We can do that, you know. So it's, um, there is a way to do both and still be true to ourself and be authentic, our, our, our authentic selves. Well, that's what I'm trying Absolutely. to say. Absolutely. <laughs> so. And I can tell you, as someone that, that's been in business and works with a lot of business people and just starting another business, which is um, doing, you know, apparently doing quite well right now, is our authenticity and our individuality and our uniqueness, which we think we have to gloss over and hide because people think we're nuts, that's our superpower. That's oh, actually yeah. what our superpower is. And that's what, you know, again, and that's another, that's another podcast as well. 
So I know we're coming up on the end of the hour here. I, I really want to thank you so much, Nikki, for, you know, we, you and I had to persevere to make a time work for both of us with our schedules. <laughs> but I'm glad we were able to do that. And, um, and I would just tell everyone that's listening again that you've got a real, you've got a real gem there with Nikki. She's, a, she's just a, such a resource. And she's, she is, I don't say paid dearly, but she has earned her wisdom that she's sharing with you. So perhaps you don't have to suffer the way she has. And I would encourage you that if you're looking for support, looking for a perspective, and looking for a friend in life, that she's a good one to have. So, and Nikki didn't ask me to say that. That's all just me. <laughs> just like, what comes to my mind. I did not. I did not solicit that. Let me. Let me say there's no, there's, you, quote, there's there's two other quotes from his website that I really really like. I'm going to share with you. He says, okay. "Do you have the courage to ask for what you truly deserve in life?" I love that. And and it does it does take courage. You, you and and if you do, you need to respect and 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 love yourself for that. And he says, my own hero's jury, journey confirms that our lives make perfect sense when we find the guts and guidance to step fully into who we are and what we came here to do. I love that. Wow, that was a smart guy that said that, or a smart woman. <laughs> I should be a coach or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, get, get, that, get that guy on your podcast. Well, it's, my, last, my last word will be that um, the, my, my signature line of my emails is a quote from Panache Desai, which says that life cannot give you anything that you're not willing to give yourself. Very true. I will, Very true. I will leave that bit of wisdom. And and you can't share with others what you can't share with yourself. No, no you can't. That's, All right. That's so, Nikki, Nikki thank, thank, you so, thank you so much for this time and, again, for creating this platform for me and for all your listeners. Do you want to tell the listeners and, how they uh, can find out more about you since, since I've oh, already sure. shared a little bit of stuff off your site? <laughs> <laughs> it's really so. My name is Dave Gold, just like it sounds, D-A-V-E-G-O-L-D. So my website is davegold.com. And you can, you know, if you want to reach me, it's Dave at DaveGold.com or at the website, you can contact me. But Dave Gold, and see if things set, you know, it's interesting. I, I, I can only work with the people I want to work with. And, and if any of this resonates with you, anything that, that Nikki said and I said, you know, resonates, feel free to, to reach out and uh, see what happens. Well, that's, that's something I always say, too. It's, it's you, you've got to talk to the person and see if you click, see if the match is right. That's it. That's it. It's and I don't want any, I don't want anything I don't want anything that's not mine, including working with people's money who's who I don't want to who aren't meant to work with me. So, I'm all right, Nikki, you. thank you very much, and thanks to all your listeners, and I look forward to the next time we talk. Sounds good. And listeners, okay, I'll I'll be with you next time on Ready for Love Radio.